The preseason is over. What did we learn? What did we like? We discussed that today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we recap the preseason, taking a look at the things that we learned the things that we liked as we gear up now for the start of the regular season. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer. With well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams and guiding you towards the start of the regular season now on Lockdown Wild. Preseason is over. It's history. Really could not have gone much better for the Minnesota Wild as they finish with a 5-1 uh, and one record and um, really just looked great uh, for large stretches. The only game they lost was uh, to the full squad St. Louis Blues roster when the Wild had uh, a bunch of their rookies in the lineup. So really could not have uh, gone any better. And I tweeted this out after the game was done on Saturday. And um, just interesting to look at just where this team is at. And I read, The Minnesota Wild finished the preseason with zero new injuries, noticeably better penalty kill numbers, two young players earning roster spots, both goalies looking good, some great Kaprizov Zuccarello chemistry. What's not to love heading into the season? Now let's start with the roster. Obviously, there were a couple more cuts. Now the roster has not been finalized as of yet and does not need to be finalized until I believe it is 5 p.m. Eastern today. So still some time and uh, the Wilds, the way they played it, have given themselves the opportunity to add a player if they want to. Uh, Although, as we'll discuss, it doesn't really look like that is in the cards at this time for uh, Bill Guerin and company. But sending Mason Shaw and Nick Patan, putting them on waivers to send them to Iowa, uh, were uh, some of the final roster moves that are going to be made by this team, which means... We officially can say Kalen Addison and Marco Rossi have made the team for 2022-2023. I think the thing that is most exciting about that is that both players earned the opportunity. They were told that there was going to be a spot up for grabs, and both of them stepped up and took that spot. Marco Rossi with uh, the most points in the preseason throughout the entire NHL with nine, stepped up, took the spot, and earned it. 
Kalen Addison, with his play, earned that spot. And so for two rookies who are going to be relied upon to do some very important things for this team, being able to step up and make the most of the opportunity was uh, was great to see from those two guys. And I'm sure you've seen the video circulating of Bill Guerin letting both of those players know that they've made the roster. It's great. And uh, it just, I think, further underscores what this team is putting together going into this season. And for Marco Rossi, as we've discussed, you know, goals for him are to get him into the lineup, get him comfortable, and get him to where he is playing a meaningful role on this team and looks like somebody who can be a top six player by the end of the season. We'll talk about what the lines are at this point looking like uh, heading into the uh, the start of the regular season, but it looks as though he's going to be centering the uh, the Dewar and Duhame line. Give himself an opportunity to get comfortable at the NHL level and then build into an elevated role beyond that, which I have no doubt that uh, that he will be able to do. He looked great in all facets, uh, was, uh, was tenacious battling for the puck up and down the boards, winning battles against... Um, other young players or or vets winning a ton of battles and uh, he showed his playmaking ability as well with some nifty feeds for uh, various assists and also picking up a couple of goals along the way as well and as we'll discuss in a little bit with special teams both Rossi and Addison playing a role on those units as well so we have learned here through the preseason that uh, those two are going to officially be on the team and are going to have sizable roles that they will be asked to assist with from the beginning of the season going forward. So it's not going to be your prototypical put a rookie on the fourth line and give them six minutes a night. Rossi will help this team on the power play. Addison will help this team on the top power play unit. Rossi probably on PP2 to start the season. And with how they play defensively, you know, it it would not surprise me to see them mixed in on the penalty kill as well. Main point, they're going to play, and I fully expect that both of them will uh, do well as the season unfolds. So seeing the young players Stepping up and earning an opportunity to be part of this roster is super encouraging as opposed to having a quiet preseason to where that spot ends up going to somebody else. They earned it, they deserve it, and they're going to get it here uh, in 2022-2023. One of the other big things that we observed that we learned throughout the preseason is Special teams are looking pretty good. So we'll discuss the changes, the results, most importantly. All that as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Our next partner has a product I use every single day of the week. And I started taking AG1 because it simplifies the morning routine. All it takes is one delicious scoop of AG1 and you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. 
This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. AG1 is also lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day of the week to take great care of yourself. Plus, it's tried and true. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And uh, for listeners, we have a new opportunity for you to tune in to not only Lockdown Wild, but your other favorite Lockdown Sports Minnesota shows. They are now available on Roku and Amazon Fire TV as part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. More great local sports coverage 24-7 and free of charge. Make sure to download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Taking a look at the power play and the penalty kill next because that was a big thing heading into the season this year. Special teams not great against St. Louis down the stretch of the season, and that was not going to be something that the Wilds could tolerate again here this season. Is it scheme? Is it personnel? Well, this preseason, and again, I know it's preseason, 30 of 32 were the Wilds on the penalty kill. Not only 30 of 32, but three shorthanded goals in that span. And so with the number of players that played in those instances, the amount of times that the lineup was tweaked and moved around during the preseason, the thing that stayed the most consistent was the style by which those players played, especially on the penalty kill, which leads you to believe the scheme was altered in the offseason and is being used to perfection here so far uh, with the season right around the corner. It didn't matter who was out there on the penalty kill. Wild players pursuing the puck handler, clearing above all else, and doing so with uh, a high volume of success, preventing players from getting comfortable. And you just look at you know that first instinct for any player for the Wild who had the puck on the penalty kill, looking up the ice to see where the lane is clear for them to fire the puck down the other way. And yes, there are going to be some times where you're battling you know, along the boards, in the corner, down behind the net, and your clearing attempt may be intercepted at the top of the zone. But it just it seemed like wild players last year were trying to trying to make passes within the zone 
to allow then for an opportunity to clear. They just were trying to do too much as opposed to simply getting the puck out of the zone. And so far this year, that has been notably better for the Wild. And obviously the results speak for themselves. 30 of 32 with three shorthanded goals as well. So you come out in positive territory in that regard. I, I took a look at the numbers from this past season, and we talked about this a little bit in last week's over-unders episode because I just wanted to see where this wild team needs to be in order to have a successful power play and penalty kill. And so we'll start with the penalty kill, and then we'll talk about the power play as well. So for the wild this past season, they were 25th in the league at 76.1%. In order to vault into the top 10, which would be uh, the Anaheim Ducks were 10th in the league, their penalty kill was at 80.8%. So you are talking about a 4% increase in successful penalty kills over the course of a season. And so the difference between, you know... 76 out of 100 and 80 out of 100. You know, you're you're talking about like you're talking four additional successful penalty kills. And so are the Wilds capable of that? Absolutely they are capable of that. And so I think we are going to see this Wild team who before this past season have perennially been a top 10 penalty kill unit in the league, they are going right back to it here this season, which is going to help tremendously uh, with the special teams. Uh, I saw a stat on Saturday during the Bally Sports North broadcast that Wild Goalies had the worst save percentage on special teams in the league. And so if the penalty kill gets better, that's going to get better, which in turn is going to make the goaltending stats better. So it's just a win-win for everybody involved to get that penalty kill unit back to where it needs to be. And uh, that will help the special teams drastically. Now for the power play as well, a lot of success with that unit during the preseason as well. And I find it interesting in just visually looking at what this power play unit looked like, we saw against Dallas on Saturday uh, a pretty good indicator of kind of what this power play unit will look like. And the thing that I liked is in one instance, you have Kirill Kaprizov to the left of the net. And, you know, he's, he's skating around kind of the, the face-off circle on that side. And as opposed to previously where the Wild would run the power play all the way from like the top of the zone and try to you know work it around the perimeter and go from there, they're allowing players to funnel to those face-off circles and operate at a much closer radius than they previously did. All those shots that you take from like the top of the zone um, from that far out are so super easy uh, save chances for the opposing goalie. And so you move in quicker, uh, you move in closer, and the Wild had some success. Kaprizov had uh, one of his goals was just a point-blank shot from right in front of Edinger. And so I, I like that 
the focus has been to try to get closer to the net and to take shots from there as opposed to you know just ripping pucks from the top of the zone that the goalie has plenty of time to uh, to zero in on and plenty of time to make saves on. So we've seen success in that category too. And for the power play, the Wild, it, in, uh, this actually was not as bad as I thought it was, uh, 18th in the league in power play percentage this past year at 20.5%. Now to vault into top 10, the Calgary Flames were a top 10 unit at 22.9%. So you need a 2.4% increase in power play opportunities, successful power plays, uh, in order to vault into the top 10. Now you're probably not going to get up towards the likes of Toronto or St. Louis at 27%. But even if you make like a 4% increase, to 24%. You're knocking on the door of a top five power play unit for this team. And cashing in on additional power plays is going to, again, help the special teams units out and uh, to help this team pick up some wins. And so if those units are markedly better than they were this past season, it may not be a record that is as good for the Wild. As this past season, when they shattered every record that stood previously for this team. But if those special teams units are better, this team potentially has a chance to do better than last year's team did. So we'll run through the expectations and what do we consider a success all week. But found it interesting that in order for this team to make jumps on the special teams units. You're talking about like a 4% increase on the penalty kill and right around a 2.5% increase on the power play to vault up into the top 10. So extremely doable for both units, and they showed it in the preseason that it is possible. So excited for that and uh, excited to see how Rossi and Addison uh, play into the success for those units as well. Now, the final piece of the puzzle, we saw a little bit of this on Saturday with the lineup that was used by Dean Evison. So we're going to talk about kind of what we expect from the lines, some parts that could be juggled once Jordan Greenway is eligible to return to or is ready to return to the lineup. So we'll talk about that as we finish today's episode of Lockdown Wilds after this. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. And I will mention once again, for Lockdown Wild listeners, along with our show and all other Minnesota sports podcasts, you can find them now available on Roku and Amazon Fire TV as part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. More great local sports coverage 24-7 and free of charge. Make sure to download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. So the line combos that we saw from the Minnesota Wild in their final tune-up for the preseason, uh, final preseason tune-up for the regular season uh, against the New York Rangers on Thursday. Capri's offline, as would be expected. That line was, uh, was on full display for uh, the final preseason game of the year. 
We also saw a line that we've seen a couple of times during the preseason with Connor Dewar, Brandon Duhame, and Marco Rossi. And that line uh, did some good things once again uh, in the preseason finale. We got our first look at what is expected to be the usage of the grief line and also the Boldy line to start the year. It was Matt Boldy, Sam Steele, and Freddie Goudreau, and uh, Tyson Jost, Jewel Eriksonek, and Marcus Foligno. Now, much like anything else, these are not final. These lines are not going to be the lines that we see at the end of the season. Keep in mind, Jordan Greenway is expected to be out between 5 and 10 games, which is just great timing because after the four-game homestand to start the year, the Wilds go on the road for five. So hopefully Greenway is ready to return, but uh, if not, then uh, it is likely that we'll see the Wild make a roster move to fill his position on the roster. It won't be to fill his uh, position on the ice because uh, it looks like Tyson Jost is getting that opportunity to uh, to play the wing on that line with uh, with Erickson Eck and Felino. Thought that line looked good against Dallas, but again, we really didn't have an opportunity to see them that much in the preseason, so there will be a little bit of a feeling out process for that line. Now, the biggest one that is going to uh, to draw some angst is Boldy, Steele, and Goudreau. Let's consider this. Dean Evison had a chance to see that line combo all throughout training camp. It's obvious that the coaching staff likes what that line is able to do. Uh, they created some good scoring opportunities against Dallas. Um, I, I thought... I, I liked what I saw from Steele in that Dallas game, although there were a few turnovers, to say the least. But the other thing, and I, I understand fans' frustration because Marco Rossi made the team, so why are we not putting him directly in uh, that position on that second line? Well, because the coaching staff likes what Dewar and Duhame and Rossi have been able to do together uh, to start off the season. I would imagine there will be some further roster juggling and line juggling once Jordan Greenway is eligible to return. I would guess that Tyson Jost will, depending on how he's playing, be uh, given an opportunity on that Boldy line. Ultimately, Marco Rossi is going to play where he plays in the lineup based off of how he's playing. And it just, it's easier optics-wise for him to start on that fourth line and elevate into the roster to boost his confidence if he plays his way out of that spot. He will get plenty of time on the ice. He's not going to, this is not going to be treated like a traditional fourth line where these guys are playing five minutes a night. He is not... Nico Sturm. He is not going to be on that fourth line where those guys get a handful of of off chance shifts every night, and that's it. He is going to play a requisite role for earning a spot on this team. And so this is going to allow for Dean Evason to feel like they have four good lines that they can roll out there 
in any given situation. If Sam Steele struggles, obviously his spot in the lineup will be pulled back down. But it just, it is easier for the team to take Rossi in a spot and elevate him as opposed to starting him on that second line right from the get-go. And if it takes him a few games to get up to speed and it looks as though points-wise he's not really doing much, what are you, are you going to demote him? Are you going to throw him down in the lineup? And not saying that he's not ready for it, but much like any player in the NHL, there are going to be bumps in the road The collective journey from point A to point B looks great and probably will, but there will be points along that journey where it's not going to look as good as you would hope. And so if that happens for Rossi lower down in the lineup, he can weather it without being put in a spot initially where he has to majorly produce. We saw good things with that line all preseason. So, not suggesting that he is certainly not capable of, uh, of taking advantage of those opportunities in that spot. But if the first week or so of the season he looks really, really good, he's probably going to uh, be elevated once Greenway comes back and those lines get uh, put in the blender anyway. So Marco Rossi is going to be fine. He is going to be where we want him to be by the end of the season. So if it takes him a few games to get to that point, as opposed to starting at the regular season, it doesn't matter. What matters is that he gets to where we want him to be by the end of the year and looks the part by the end of the season. So if he does that, then it's a box checked for the Wilds here uh, for this season. So I would imagine that those will be the line combinations we'll see. Now defense-wise... We saw a bunch of different things from the Wild, uh, from their decor. Uh, we saw Brodeen and Spurgeon, Middleton and Dumba. We saw Spurgeon and Goligoski, Middleton and Addison, Dumba and Brodeen. Dean Evison's got whatever line combos defensively he wants to use, depending on the matchup. He's tried them all. And uh, really, not a lot of breakdowns defensively throughout the preseason, which is encouraging as well. Again, preseason. But he can roll with whatever combos he wants because they've tested all of those combos. And so it wouldn't surprise me if we see a few different things on Thursday night against the Rangers just to see kind of how things play out um, for the first game of the year. Wouldn't surprise me if we see a couple of different combos there because they tried them and uh, and now they can try them in a, uh, a real game here uh, in a couple of days. So a lot to pull from the preseason, a lot of things we liked, and uh, hopefully a lot of things that can translate well into the regular season also. So that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, now that your first listen of the day is done, Make sure you head over to the Locked On NHL podcast to get the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the NHL as we gear up for the start of the season. Locked On NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, just like Locked On Wild. So follow us on YouTube, 
wherever you listen to your podcast and well, and make sure to hit the notification button on YouTube so you don't miss out on any of our videos. We've got a ton coming up before the start of the regular season. Locked on Wild is bringing you new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.